The Third Mansions, Chapter 1 of The Interior Castle or the Mansions by St. Teresa of Avila. This is a Discerning Hearts recording, read by Chris McGregor. The Interior Castle or the Mansions by St. Teresa of Avila, translated by the Benedictines of Stanbrook. As far as those who, by the mercy of God, have vanquished in these combats and persevered until they have reached the third mansions, what can we say to them but, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. It is no small favor from God that I should be able to translate this verse into Spanish so as to explain its meaning, considering how dense I usually am in such matters. We may well call these souls blessed. For as far as we can tell, unless they turn back in their course, they are on the safe road to salvation. Now, my sisters, you see how important it is for them to conquer in their former struggles. For I am convinced that our Lord will henceforth never cease to keep them in security of conscience, which is no small boon. I am wrong in saying security, for there is no security in this life. Understand that in such cases, I always imply, if they do not cease to continue as they have begun. What misery to live in this world. We are like men whose enemies are at the door, who must not lay aside their arms even while sleeping or eating, and are always in dread lest the foe should enter the fortress by some breach in the walls. O oh, my Lord and my all! How canst thou wish us to prize such a wretched existence? We could not desist from longing and begging thee to take us from it, were it not for the hope of losing it for thy sake, or devoting it entirely to thy service, and above all, because we know it is thy will that we should live. Since it is so, let us die with thee, as St. Thomas said, for to be away from thee, is but to die again and again, haunted as we are by the dread of losing thee forever. This is why I say, daughters, that we ought to ask our Lord as our boon to grant us one day to dwell in safety with the saints. For with such fears, what pleasure can she enjoy whose only pleasure is to please God? Remember, many saints have felt this as we do and were even far more fervent, yet fell into grave sin. And we cannot be sure that God would stretch forth his hand to raise us from sin again, to do such penance as they performed. This applies to extraordinary grace. Truly, my daughters, I feel such terror as I tell you this, that I know not how to write it, nor even how to go on living when I reflect upon it as I very often do. Beg of his majesty, my daughters, to abide within me, for otherwise what security could I feel after a life so badly spent as mine has been? Do not grieve at knowing this. I have often seen you troubled when I spoke about it, for you wish that my past had been a very holy one, in which you are right. Indeed, I wish the same myself. But what can be done? Now that I have wasted it entirely through my own fault, I have no right to complain that God withheld the aid I needed to fulfill your wishes. It is impossible for me to write this without tears and a great shame. 
when I see that I am explaining these matters to those capable of teaching me. What a hard task has obedience laid upon me. Grant that as I do it for him, it may be of some service to you. Therefore, beg him to pardon me for my miserable presumption. His Majesty knows that I have nothing to rely upon but his mercy. As I cannot cancel the past, I have no other remedy but to flee to him and to confide in the merits of his son and his virgin mother, whose habit, unworthy as I am, I wear as you do also. Praise him, then, my daughters, for making you truly daughters of Our Lady. You need not blush for my wickedness, as you have such a good mother. Imitate her. Think how great she must be, and what a blessing it is for you to have her for your patroness, since my sins and evil character have brought no tarnish on the luster of our holy order. Still, I must give you one warning. Be not too confident, because you are nuns and the daughters of such a mother. David was very holy, yet you know what Solomon became. Therefore, do not rely on your enclosure, on your penitential life, nor on your continual exercise of prayer and constant communion with God, nor trust in having left the world or in the idea that you hold its ways in horror. All this is good, but it is not enough, as I have already said, to remove all fear. Therefore, meditate on this text and often recall it. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. I do not recollect what I was saying, and I have digressed very much. For when I think of myself, my mind cannot soar to higher things, but is like a bird with broken wings. So I will leave this subject for the present. To return to what I began to explain about the souls which have entered the third mansions, God has shown them no small favor, but a very great one and enabling them to pass through the first difficulties. Thanks to his mercy, I believe there are many such people in the world. They are very desirous not to offend his majesty, even by venial sins. They love penance and spend hours in meditation. They employ their time well, exercise themselves in works of charity to their neighbors, are well-ordered in their conversation and dress, and those who own a household govern it well. This is certainly to be desired, and there appears no reason to forbid their entrance to the last mansions, nor will our Lord deny it them if they desire it, for this is the right disposition for receiving all his favors. O oh, Jesus, can anyone declare that he does not desire this great blessing, especially after he has passed through the chief difficulties? No, no one can. We all say we desire it. But there is need of far more than that for the Lord to possess entire dominion over the soul. It is not enough to say so, any more than it was enough for the young man when our Lord told him what he must do if he desired to be perfect. Since I began to speak of these dwelling rooms, I have him constantly before my mind, for we are exactly like him. This very frequently produces the great dryness we feel in prayer though sometimes it proceeds from other causes as well. I am not speaking of certain interior sufferings which give intolerable pain to many devout souls, 
through no fault of their own. From these trials, however, our Lord always delivers them with much profit to themselves. I also expect people who suffer from melancholy and other infirmities. But in these cases, as in all others, we must leave aside the judgments of God. I hold that these effects usually result from the first cause I mentioned. Such souls know that nothing would induce them to commit a sin. Many of them would not even commit a venial sin advertently, and that they employ their life and riches well. They cannot, therefore, patiently endure to be excluded from the presence of our King, whose vassals they consider themselves, as indeed they are. An earthly king may have many subjects, yet all do not enter his court. Enter, my daughters, into your interior. Pass beyond the thought of your own petty work, which are no more, nor even as much as Christians are bound to perform. Let it suffice that you are God's servants. Do not pursue so much as to catch nothing. Think of the saints who have entered the divine presence, and you will see the difference between them and ourselves. Do not ask for what you do not deserve, nor should we ever think, however much we may have done for God, that we merit the reward of the saints, for we have offended him. Oh, humility, humility. I know not why, but I am always tempted to think that persons who complain so much of heredities must be a little wanting in this virtue. However, I am not speaking of severe interior sufferings, which are far worse than a want of devotion. Let us try ourselves, my sisters, or let our Lord try us. He knows well how to do so, although we often pretend to misunderstand him. We will now speak of these well-ordered souls. Let us consider what they do for God, and we shall see at once what little right we have to murmur against his majesty. If we turn our backs on him and go away sorrowfully like the youth in the gospel when he tells us what to do to be perfect, what can God do? For he must proportion the reward to our love for him. This love, my daughters, must not be the fabric of our imagination. We must prove it. Yet do not suppose that our Lord has need of any works of ours. He only expels us to manifest our good will. It seems to us we have done everything by taking the religious habit of our own will and renouncing worldly things and all our possessions for God. Although they may have been but the nets of St. Peter, yet they seemed much to us, for they were our all. This is an excellent disposition if we continue in it and do not return, even in desire, to the company of the reptiles of the first rooms. Doubtless, by persevering in this poverty and detachment of soul, we shall obtain all for which we strive. But, mark this, it must be on one condition that we hold ourselves for unprofitable servants, as we are told by either St. Paul or by Christ, and that we do not consider that our Lord is bound to grant us any favors, but that, as we have received more from him, we are deeper in his debt. How little we can do for such a God who died for us, who created us, who gives us being, 
that we should think ourselves happy to be able to acquit ourselves of part of the debt we owe him for having served us without asking him for fresh mercies and favors. I am loath to use this expression, yet so it is, for he did nothing else during the whole time he lived in this world but serve us. Think well, my daughters, over some of the points I have treated, although confusedly, for I do not know how to explain them better. Our Lord will make you understand them, that you may reap humility from your dryness, instead of the disquietude the devil strives to cause by it. I believe that where true humility exists, although God should never bestow consolations, yet he gives a peace and a resignation which make the soul happier than are others with sensible devotion. These consolations, as you have read, are often given by the Divine Majesty to the weakest souls who I suppose would not exchange them for the fortitude of Christians serving God in aridities. We love consolations better than the cross. Do thou, O Lord, who knowest all truth, so prove us that we may know ourselves.